Everybody say redeem. Say it like it tastes good. Every one of us in our life, we need to be redeemed. And that's just not a spiritual cliche, but to redeemed means to buy back, to make like new. And I don't know about you, there are times in our life that we look at where we are and the words that we speak and the things we go through are miles apart. Have you ever been there where your words and your walk look completely different? You're talking about how good God is, but your walk seems to be off a little bit. You're praying and believing God for miracles in your marriage, and you are fighting more. Maybe you're here today, you've been praying that God would bless you in the area of your finances, and you wonder where, where it is. I got a word for you today. If you've got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to talk to you about the reset of time. Everybody say time. The reset of time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, if you will. I'd love for you to stand to your feet as we read the word together. Here's what, here's what Paul said. See then that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because... The days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I want to read that same verse of Scripture in uh, the NIV. Here's what it says. Be very careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Not as the unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, I ask that you anoint the words I speak today. Let them be words of spirit and life. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. For those watching online and those that are here in person today, I want you to understand that in this series that Pastor Kelly has been sharing with you on Reset, I know that he has talked to you about the need of a reset in your life. Sometimes those resets, as he preached and shared, is you need a reset from life's trauma. It's a fact everybody goes through something at one time or another. Only two kinds of people don't go through trauma. They're dead or crazy. Everybody else, you're going to go through some trauma. When you read the book of Psalms 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and then, then David goes on and he talks about uh, the snare of the fowler. The devil knows what kind of trap, what kind of trauma he has to set to take you out. Uh, you can't catch a bear in a rat trap. You understand that. And you can't catch a rat in a bear trap. So the enemy customizes the trauma that we face in life. Then he also talked to you about moving beyond your past, needing a reset from your past, not living like you used to live. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind me so I can press towards the mark of the high calling of God. I promise you today, if everyone on your row knew about your past, they would be looking for another row to set on. We all have a past, and aren't you glad that that past is under the blood? So I want to talk to you about the need of a reset when it comes to our time. Time. 
All of us, whether we are in America, watching from Africa, it doesn't matter where you're watching from. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, red or yellow, rich or poor, tall or fat, skinny. doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old, male or female. God's greatest blessing to man, other than his son Jesus Christ, is the gift called time. Time. Have you ever gone to the graveside and you see the tombstone and there's the person's name and their date of birth and there's the date of death and then there's that little dash? Your life is that dash. And it's important that we understand that what we do, we have to do while we can. You can't put it off till tomorrow. But there's a lot of times in our life that we find ourselves going through periods in our life where it looks as though we are wasting our time. And we need a reset. We need God not to give us back time, which he can. He's the creator of it. He caused uh, uh, the sun to, to, uh, to uh, uh, dissipate during a time of battle. So God can do everything, and he can do it all at once. But what I want you to understand is that every one of us at one time need a reset. We waste our time. I was thinking the other day about things, uh, dealing with time, uh, time change. I hate the time change. Maybe that's a strong word, but I do. I hate the time change. I wish it'd be one time, stay that time all the time. Because I, I want to tell you why. I hate adjusting clocks because of a time change. Matter of fact, I adjust in my house all of our wall timers and Norma does all of the clocks. The other day during the ice storm that we had, 4 o'clock in the morning, I get a notice on my telephone from the wonderful people at Encore that we don't have electricity at our house. Looked at the clock and it's not working. And so for uh, 4 in the morning to 12 noon, we are without electricity at the Wegman house. The next morning when we get up, the first thing that Norma does is you have to understand if that clock is supposed to be 12.06 and it's 12.05, she is not going to be happy until it's right. So she goes through the house and adjusts every clock and then she realizes she's adjusting them to a clock that was wrong. She didn't cuss out loud. Time. She had to go back and reset everything. We look at life and the progress that life makes, and has it really been for our benefit? Sometimes I look back over my life, and I realize there was a simpler time, and that time has fleeted and gone away. The Bible says our life is like a vapor. It's here today, and poof, it's gone tomorrow. Time. It was back in the late 1800s that a man by the name of Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. The first telephone, you had to crank it in order to work it and then progress with time. Then you had that big old black phone that weighed about 27 pounds. And it didn't come as a fashion statement. It was a black telephone with a dial on it. And you had to dial it. Every time you dial it, it make that little ticking noise. 
And then we progressed at the Wakeman household when we saw the princess phone. We got a princess phone that was a princess wall phone, and we were happy with that. We were happy with that phone. We had about a 65-foot-long cord on it to where anywhere in the house you could take that cord and go to the bedroom, front one, second bedroom, third bedroom, back porch, bathroom, wherever you wanted to go, you had the cord to do it. Time. We at the Wakeman household, we had back then what would be considered call sharing today, which back then it was called a party line. Now I'm going way back. None of, how many of y'all remember the party line? The party line was where you shared a line with other people in your, in your neighborhood. So if you wanted to talk on the telephone, you had to wait till Maybelline got off the phone talking to her family. We didn't have call waiting. You know what we had back then? We had emerg- emergency phone call. You can't get a hold of somebody. You just call the operator. Operator, I need you to ch- uh, please break into this line. It's an emergency. Anybody ever remember that? Now, if you didn't come over on the ark, you understand what I'm talking about. Time progresses. 2007, Steve Jobs invents the smartphone, iPhone. iPhone changed our lives. Everybody could go wherever they wanted to and be in contact with somebody with a touch of a phone in their hand. Time progresses. And there's other things that seems to take us out of the the, the place of waiting. But sometimes we need a reset. We need to go back to the old and realize that there are some things that we will lose in the hustle and the bustle of life that are important to our walk with God. My Bible says return to the old ways. Have a reset. Nothing can take the place of God's power in your life. Nothing can take the place of life. I know, I understand online, and I'm thankful for that. But when COVID hit, the world did a reset that wasn't for us. It wasn't for our walk with God. It set back the people of God and the church of God because a lot of folk became lazy, and they don't want to go back to church. But I believe in 2024, there is a reset to the house of God where people are going to want to worship. They're going to want to be in the presence of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Nothing can replace what God does in his presence. Give the Lord a hand if you love him. The need of a reset. Personal computer came out. I had one. I've got 6,872 sermons in folders that I have developed since my first personal computer, and I have copies of all of them. But then have you ever been on your computer, and you're working, and you're inspired by the Holy Ghost? It's Friday, Saturday night, 1030 at night, and man, Pastor Kelly's working, and he's typing, and he's doing all that. Now, this is in in uh, in the PC days before God invented the Mac. And in that position, I'm working in, then all of a sudden, my computer screen freezes. What do you do? 
back then, I'd call Sister Tanya. i say, what do I do? And she'd tell me what to do. I'd pray over that computer. Sometimes I could get it back, but I would have to do what was called a reset. Now, to reset, I had to push Control-Alt-Delete. Don't forget that, Control-Alt-Delete. Sometimes that worked, but there were a few times when it didn't work and I had to do a hard reboot where it erased everything. Kind of like Jesus does our sins. And I was able to start again at factory settings. Then there's, in the day which we live, personal passwords. Personal passwords. I forget my password. I forget it. The other day I was on my computer. I forgot a password. And it told me uh, what I needed to do to get a password. And so... I wanted my own password, and it suggested that my password be XQYZ1462 dash underscore eight. I can barely remember my mama's maiden name. And here you're trying to help me out. And so, all of these things in life that we think is bringing us to greater fulfillment, most of them are just a frustration and an aggravation. Times when television was simpler. ABC, CBS, NBC. That was it. Didn't have a remote. I was the remote. Turn that channel. Okay. What channel do you want? Simpler times. Our house right now, we have three remotes to operate one television. I did something the other day. Pastor Kelly, I think I mentioned it to you. I got to get somebody that is a wizard in television, uh, um, uh, the, the, the television remotes, because I've done something to where I will sit in the morning for 15 minutes hitting the on button trying to get the TV to come on. We're watching television, and I accidentally hit the wrong button on the wrong remote, and everything goes away. Listen, I'm telling you, I thought Norma and I was going to have to go to marriage counseling because of that one remote. How much time do we spend with our iPhone? How much time do we spend with our computers? How much time do we spend doing things in life that is not bringing us any closer to what God has for our life? Every one of us needs to take opportunity of this. Number one, control. If we will simply take the control of our life and give it back to God and say, all right, you are the creator of all things. You know the beginning from the end. You are the first and the last. I'm giving you back control because every time I try to control situations, instead of me having a set, uh, a reset, I have an upset. So we got to get back to the place that we relinquish the control. Then there's that second, that second little uh, key you have to hit. It's the alt key. How many times have we allowed situations to alter the purpose and the plan that God has for our life? 
But if we will simply give it back to God and say, God, look, whatever is the best for me, I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to do what you want me to do. So I'm going to give you control. I'm going to alter all the things that I've got on my agenda. And I'm going to put myself in a place where I can hear from you and know that you can control the clock. Give the Lord a hand if you love him. And then there's the last one, delete. The Bible says our sins are forgiven. They're not even ever to be remembered again. But how many times do we take the time that God has given us to rehearse in our, uh, in our mind, the arena of our mind, a sin that took five minutes we have spent years thinking about it. You need a reset. You need to realize that God doesn't remember it. And if he doesn't remember it, you don't need to allow it to keep you up at night. A reset. You ought to be able tonight as you go home and you get ready for your week this week to understand that there is not a problem in your life that if you will not give control to God for and to, he can't handle it. There's not a negative situation that if you will allow God to alter your will to his will, you'll come through victorious. And then you got to delete some things. Another way you can look at it, there is an expiration date on some of the things that you went through in 2003 and the enemy is trying to keep you to keep in your spiritual refrigerator expired milk, expired meat, and you're going back wondering if it's any good. It didn't change because you went back and looked at it. So we as believers have got to understand the need to alter whatever God has and understand the problems you have faced has an expiration date and you ought to give God some glory for it. So we have to delete some things. The Bible says don't be conformed that this world will be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Every sin, every failure, every shortcoming, according to the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that it's not remembered. Old school song we used to sing, long ago, long ago, oh, the old account was settled long ago. The record's clear today because he washed my sins away. The old account was settled long ago. You need to get that in your spirit. And you need to quit looking at your future by judging your past. He is the God which was and is and is to come. You understand that the ultimate, the ultimate truth is found in the, in the third dimension. He's death, burial, resurrection. He's the God which was and is and is to come. He is the 30, the 60, and the 100 fold. And can I give something to you prophetically? This is Pastor Kelly and Pastor Holly's third year. This is going to be a year of seeing God bring you from death, burial, to resurrection. The God which was, is, and is to come. You're going to see God bring you to the place of breakthrough that you have never seen before. Give the Lord a hand if you love him. Time. The word of God says this in our text. See then that you walk circumspectly, carefully, watchfully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days 
are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to give you a few things to write down, if you will, this morning. The first thing I want you to write down, point number one, your days are numbered, so number your days. Your days are numbered, so number your days. You don't know how much time you have. So it is important that we use the time that we have wisely. Most of the financial problems that people are in is a wisdom problem. Most of the marital issues is a wisdom problem. Most of their legal issues is a wisdom problem. And so the writer gives us and he tells us that it's important that we use the time that we have wisely. Psalms 90 verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We're living in a society that lives like there's no tomorrow. They live their life borrowing from their future for gratification today. Living in homes they can't afford, driving cars they can't afford. And so they're taking what should be an inheritance for the future generations and they're squandering it today. Do you understand that what you do for a living is your life? You're giving eight hours of your life or 10 hours of your life behind the wheel of a truck at an office cubicle in a nurse's uh, uniform, a doctor's uniform, a fine suit in a law office. That is time that you can never get back. And that's a good thing. Use your time wisely, but don't borrow from your future to see something parked in your driveway today. Time. So I have to understand that we have to number our days. All of us have so many days. Years ago, they came out with a watch that you could set, smartwatch, and it was, a, it was basically a, a death countdown. And you set this watch and it tell you about how long you're going to live. Put in your weight, how much you weigh. Put in your height. Do you drink, smoke, cuss? Put all that in there. And it's going to tell you how long you're going to live. I don't want that clock. I don't know about you. I don't like that. I don't, I don't, listen, I want God to be the clock keeper. But we can't be so paralyzed by the problems of our life that we lose track of what God wants to do and what he wants to, to uh, perform in our life. Here's you another one, Psalms 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. For all those that believe in abortion, that ought to take care of that. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them was ever to be. God knew you before the beginning began to be gone, and you need to understand that God knows best. Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts I think toward you say this. See, the deal is God thinks about me, and I sometimes wonder what God thinks about me. I know the thoughts I think about you, saith the Lord, thoughts that are good and not evil to give you an expected end. I know this, that what God has prepared for you and I is going to be good. But we got to remain faithful and 
give him the reins to our heart. All right, number two. You got number, number one, remember that, that time uh, needs to be counted. Time needs to be counted. Number two, it's possible that you can waste your time. Ephesians says, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness will be exposed and they will be ashamed for them. That's in the Message Bible. Wasting time. How many people is in your phone that is wasting your time. Wasting your time. You know, when the, have you ever, I've had, now, Pastor Kelly, I'm sure never has had this happen. I've had people call me and ask me if, if I could, Pastor, I need to meet with you, it's important. I have changed the plans I made with my wife and my daughter to meet somebody at this church, go in the office, and they're 15 minutes late. You can smell the Big Mac on their breath. They come in and sit down, and they look at me, and I'm looking at them, and I'm wondering, you called me. I'm sitting here, and they're looking at me like, well, Pastor, what do you need? I don't need nothing. You're the one that called me that made me mess up my plans with my wife and then you're late because you went through McDonald's and your big, fat, ugly self don't need another burger and you're sitting in front of me wasting my time. Now, if you are the person watching online or in person that did that, I do not apologize. Take that up with Pastor Kelly. Waste your time. Is there anybody here beside me? I think in 2024, you need to have a spatial block party, Pastor Kelly, and everybody bring your phone and start going through and block them. Every person that is wasting your time. Block them, block them, block them. You don't need them in your life. When God wants to bless you, he'll send a person into your life. And when the devil wants to mess you up, he'll send a person into your life. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sets in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law doth he meditate day and night. Be careful who you walk with, who you sit with, and who you linger with. It starts out as a walk, it comes to a stand, and before it's over, you're completely out of it. Be careful. Everything you are or will ever become is a result of how you spend your time. I'm going to say that for this side. Everything you are, everything you will become is a result of how you spend your time. Let me give you another one. The, the time that you have can be stolen. Have you ever asked yourself the question, man, where's the time gone? First 30 years of your life is your learning years. You go to college, you go to school, you, you get your degree. 
If you don't know where you're going the first 30 years of your life, chances are you're not going to have much of a life beyond that. So the first 30 years is your learning years. You learn everything you can. The second 30 years of your life is your, is your earning years. You put your degree to work, you're making money, you're, you're, you're creating uh, your family and your environment, you're looking at your future, you're preparing for the day that you enter your last 30 years of your life. So you can tell I'm believing God for 90 years. Last 30 years are your giving years. You have your learning years, you have your earning years, and you have your giving years. So you've got to understand the importance of using that time. The word says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I'm come that you have life and have it more abundantly. The second thing I want you to write down is you can manage your time. I may not control the number of days I have, but I can control how I use those days. So learn in life that there are some people that the expiration date on that relationship you have had with them, it's long expired. And you're losing sleep, worrying about somebody they don't care a bit that you're sleepless. They don't care that you're wet from a storm they created. And you look at your life and you understand that the enemy will do everything in his power to take control of your time. I'm 69 years old. I don't feel 69. Now, there are, yeah, there are times I feel 69. If I get down... If I get down on my knees, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray I can get back up. But if I'm down, is there anything you need me to get while I'm down there? Because I'm not going to be getting up for a while. Now, Norma is not that away. She can do whatever. But, but I've noticed the older I get that things change with time. Now, ladies, all the ladies, your clock of time isn't reset because of the hands of a skilled surgeon. Hello. You can get it lifted, tucked, stretched, and that may make you look, but it didn't give you back time. I'll give the Lord a hand clap. And for the brothers that are here, same for you. Now, listen, I'm not against. I had a friend of mine one time, somebody asked him, said, an old, old, old holiness church group asked him, said, uh, 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 Pastor, are you against makeup? And my friend, Brother David Jenkins, he told him, says, not near as often as I'd like to be. You'll get that on your way home. They want to know if his wife was against wearing makeup and and obviously she wasn't. But anyhow, what I'm trying to tell you is nothing wrong with a skilled surgeon. Nothing wrong. We have one watching online. You'd like to volunteer some of your services? I'm available. <laughs> Avoid the hazards. The days are evil. Be careful how you live. One of the translations says, Avoid hazards, be watchful, and make sure you don't waste your time. So, 
how do we reset time? How do we get the time back that we've allowed others to steal? We've allowed our own uh, time we have wasted. How do we get it back? You ask good questions on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to tell you right now. Look at our scripture one more time. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Be filled with the Spirit. Number one, don't be drunk. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Well, Pastor, are you going to talk about, no, that, you, you figure that one out. That's, that's you figure out however you want to believe that. You, you in the Lord work that one out. But I'm telling you, people that are drinking Mogan David and Mad Dog don't think clearly in that state. They'll do things and not even remember doing it. Now, how many of you last? No, no, I'm not going to go there. What I want you to understand is to be drunk with wine in excess, it says don't be that, but be this. You want to get your time back? Don't be this, be this. And it says, don't be drunk with wine, we're in his excess. In the Bible, wine was used for municipal purposes. Uh, ever watch an old cowboy and they've been shot, they're going to give him something to drink and they're going to drink that and bite the bullet. They're trying to deal with pain. Can I tell you, since 2020, there has been a lot of people due to the lock-in have been through pain, racial pain, physical pain, uh, financial pain, and the enemy, do you know, in the last three years that alcohol sales has climbed higher than it ever has been before. Can I tell you why? There are some good people that are trying to dull the pain that life has cost them. But can I tell you that will work and what will make your life happy and will reset the clock is that's to get filled with the Spirit of God and you'll understand that the Spirit will help by intercession the very things that you're going through. Number one, don't be drunk. When it resets your clock, don't be drunk with wine wearing his excess. Don't be drunk. Don't be drunk on the cares of this life. Don't be drunk with arrogance and pride. He says, be filled with the Spirit. Paul said, the Spirit helps, makes intercession through us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Then he said, if you want to reset your time, speak to yourself. I don't know if you ever do this. There's times I talk to myself. I say, self, this pain in your body did not come from God. And I'll look at myself in the mirror. And then Norma writes notes all over the house. This too shall pass. I'll go get a drink of water. There's a sign. I'll go to the, to the bedroom. There's a sign. Go to the garage. There's a sign. Get in my car. There's a sign. Go to the bathroom, stand up, there's a sign. Go to the bathroom, sit, and there's a sign. It's a reminder that what I see is temporal. But what God's word promises is eternal. And if I will hold to the promise of God, that promise will bring me through. It will reset the clock of time in my life, and it will cause me to walk as a victorious believer. So speak to yourself. As a woman that had an issue of blood in the New Testament, 
Bible says she spent everything on her physicians and was growing worse. But she heard Jesus was coming by and she spoke to herself. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, everything will change. You got to speak to yourself. The next thing you got to do is you got to worship. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Have you ever been to that place in your life where you were going through a trial and there was an old song that came up into your spirit? Uh, the old song, it is well, it is well. That is a spiritual song. That is something that comes up. It's not for everybody. It's just for you. Sometimes you got to get your own melody. You got to come up with your own song. And you begin to sing that as under the Lord. That's a spiritual song. And then there's hymns. When we all get together, what a day of rejoicing that'll be. But then there is a worship that reaches way down into the uttermost beings of your life. And all of a sudden you realize that through your praise David said that his praise was waiting upon the Lord meaning you can praise God on the front side of what you're going through and when you get to the back side you coming out of that victorious because of what he has promised you give the Lord a hand if you love him get your praise back is what you need to do you need to begin to speak to yourself it's what you need to do. You need to understand that God's got a plan for your life, and that is to reestablish and to give you back some of the things by a spiritual reset of your time that you thought you lost. The last thing our passage of Scripture says, be thankful. Be thankful. You ought to be thankful for the house you live in. Be thankful for your car that you drive. Be thankful you've got a beautiful church to attend and people that love you. Be thankful. Be thankful you've got a pastor that is here and, and a sister pastor that is here because they love you and they care for you. Psalms 146 begins with praise ye the Lord. It ends with praise ye the Lord. Psalms 147 begins with praise ye the Lord. ends with praise ye the Lord. 148 begins with praise ye the Lord. It ends with praise ye the Lord. 49.1 begins with praise ye the Lord. It, last verse, it ends with praise ye the Lord. Psalms 150 says that we are to praise the Lord. We're to give God worship. We're to magnify the Lord. So I want to tell you something. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, if your heart is fixed on the creator of the universe who controls time, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You are coming out victorious. I want, to, I want to go to one other passage of Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 30. How does God reset your life? Let me, let me talk to you about David. David's a kid tending to his father's sheep. God's getting ready to raise up a king. Samuel was the people's choice. I mean, uh, 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 Saul was the people's choice. David was God's choice. Now, if you look at the clock... Of sin, Saul committed far less sin than David. But you look at the heart, David was quick to repent. So we have the story, he's anointed to be king, but even though he was overlooked by his father, all of his brothers stand before Samuel. Samuel says, nope, this isn't the one. And then he picks a little boy that was using his time, don't miss this, tending to his father's sheep. Don't miss this. Time comes whenever a lion and a bear attacks the father's flock. David is 
right there. Used his time to develop his skills so when the lions and the bears came, he could handle them. That's using your time wisely. The Bible declares that David stood one day before a giant that was defying the armies of the living God, and David says, what will be done to this uncircumcised Philistine? So we know the story where Saul gives him his his spirit, his armor, and David didn't use it because he'd been using his time with a slingshot and a few smooth stones. David stands before the giant and declares he will fall this day and by the mere trajectory and the science of how the giant should have fallen, he should have fallen backwards, but instead the giant falls forward because you can't bow your knee going backwards. You have to go forward and the Bible says every knee shall bow and that includes the giants in your life. Now, David defeats the giant. God is bringing promotion into his life. There comes a day whenever Saul, whose heart had been turned against David, has done a plot to get rid of him. So David finds himself going to the priest's home, Abathur. He goes to Abathur and he asks Abathur, says, do you have a sword I could use for battle. David took his time to ask the priest for the sword. Don't miss this. The, the, the priest goes into a room and he removes the ephod, which was a priestly garment made of linen, that on the ephod it had the 12 tribes of Israel on each shoulder. It was weighty, it was an article for ministry. And David asked not for the ephod. He wanted the sword. He's God's king. God showed up before. God blessed him before. But this time he says, give me the sword. So worship was removed for anger to take its place. So now he is in a place where he's not worshiping. He's working as a warrior with a heart filled of pain and bitterness and he goes out to battle. But he realizes that fear takes over. He can't fight. And the Bible says he acts unseemly and the spittle begins to run out of his mouth and he's looked and he acted as a madman and he ends up in a cave. Ministry that's here today people that are called by God in whatever area that may be, always choose worship over war. Spend your time preparing the things that matter to God. And I can promise you this. David said, one day in your courts is worth more than a thousand elsewhere. What is that telling me? One day of worship can give you a thousand days of other activity that doesn't matter in the kingdom. So now we have David. He's going to battle. He's going to war, but he's acting like a madman. He ends up in a cave. Read the story for yourself. 600 men that were broke, disgusted. 600 men that were discouraged. 
David becomes a captain over them and they become a great army. So now David is winning battle after battle after battle after battle. Then when you go down and you read the book of 1 Samuel, and I'm about done, don't, 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 uh, uh, don't go just yet, I'm about done. When he gets down to 1 Samuel, chapter 30, David's houses have been taken, burned with fire. His children are taken. Everything that did was a, was a blessing of time has been taken. And then David, when his houses are gone and his family is gone and he is God's shepherd and his men have turned on him, you know what David does? Look in verse 7. And David said to Abathar the priest, Elimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me thither the iPod. Not iPod, iPod, ephod. Bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, this is for you today, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And God said, you will pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. Now here's what we know. The Bible says that David cried until he had no more, no, no more tears to weep. He had no more tears to weep. It, it's in the Word of God where David says that we go forth weeping, bringing precious seed. We will doubtless come again, doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing in the harvest. I want to talk to everybody involved in ministry for just a minute in this church, or you feel a call to ministry. I want you in 2024 to take every opportunity you have to develop your gift. If that's prophecy, prophesy. If that's teaching, teach. Someone said, well, nobody's opened the door. You've got a mirror and you have an audience. Can I tell you every sermon I preached in ministry, I preached it to myself before I ever stood behind a pulpit. I'd preach it driving down the road. I'd preach it looking in a mirror. I'd preach it at a Starbucks. I preached it to me first. And I figure if I could preach it and it got good when the Holy Ghost anointed, it'd be really good. So develop your gift. Be wise with what God has entrusted to you. The second thing that I want you to do is cry. Shed as many tears as you can for those that are going into eternity without the reset of time. Spend every waking hour you can travailing for the lost. Praying for the homeless. Praying for your pastor. Spend time doing that. Can I tell you what happens in this story? David begins to act like the king he was called to be. So he tells the prophet, the priest says, I want, I don't need the sword. I need my worship. 2023 has been a year of testing for a lot of people. It has been a year where a lot of people wondered how we're going to make it. Can I tell you this? Ultimate truth is in the third dimension. I'm prophesying to you, Pastor Kelly and Pastor Holly. Third year is, is, is the time of ultimate truth. You're going to find out in the third year who has your heart. You're going to find out in the third year who's willing to pick up the slack and say, I'm here for the fight. 
And can I tell you, when you stand behind the man of God, the history of the linen ephod, the people created the garment and they gave it to the priest and the priest wore it. When the priest was not wearing the ephod, it was because the people didn't prepare it. When the priest found himself in ministry where he was sweating, I've been there 43 years as a pastor. I know what it is to sweat and try to get through a sermon. Can't wait to say amen so I can get in my car, get off the parking lot and resign on a Sunday night to show back up the next week. There is something about the heart of a pastor. You feel the pain, you feel the sorrow, but watch this. It's under the weight of that ephod, the weight of ministry that David looked and said, we're going to recover all. The Lord spoke to me this morning, and this is a word for everyone on this worship team, all the leaders, everybody that's part of this worship team, would you stand to your feet? Whether you're a musician or a singer, I want you to stand to your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet. If you don't know whether you are a worship leader or a singer, then chances are you're not. But if you're here and you lead worship, you help with worship, I'm going to address you, Sister Tori. But as I address you, you are the head. It's going to flow down to the rest of the leaders and those that are here today. 2003, the enemy unlocked a spirit of torment and fear. And God spoke to me in my prayer time that the fear is over. Anxiety over sickness and disease, anxiety over financial setbacks, anxiety about your family, how are you going to make it? God spoke to me and said, this is your year and all of the team to recover all. I don't care what it has looked like, what the enemy has done. Worship is going to take a new dimension, but it's not only going to be here. God will give you word. God will give you a melody. God will give you something else. And when you put it together, it becomes a blend that only the Holy Spirit can do. Give the Lord a hand clap. If you're in any area of service, I want you to stand to your feet. You serve as an usher, you work in the children's church. Doesn't matter, I want you to stand to your feet. David reached the place He didn't have no more power to weep. He didn't say he couldn't. He didn't have it. Some of you have been to that place. You just don't got it anymore. Can't tell you the times I've gone home as a pastor and I would unload on my wife and I found myself in a place wondering, Lord, is my season up? Do I need to resign? I was dealing with the problem. She was carrying the weight. Elder, Sister Amarellis can, I promise you, echo the same thing and others that are here in ministry. The weight of betrayal, the weight of wondering, how are we going to do it? Go to the high priest. Look beyond the, look beyond the sword and get the ephod. Put yourself in a place of worship. And this is why I told you you need to cry. David says, He that goeth forth weepeth bearest precious seed will doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing the blessing with him. I sense in my spirit that the people in this church have a greater burden 
going into 23 or 24 for kingdom agenda than you ever have before. You're carrying a burden. You're carrying, you're, you're pregnant with destiny. The building is a part of it, but it's what is inside of your spirit. And you're going to travail and you're going to cry and you're going to uh, feel the pain. And so you wonder, well, pastor, I can't cry no more. Well, when the precious seed is gone and there's no more seed to cry, how does God bring forth what he's promised? The Bible says one plants another waters and God brings increase. An increase of the seed happens beneath the soil. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what God's getting ready to bring up. That's a word for somebody today. God's getting ready to bring For everybody that's in the middle of the lawsuit that's tied up, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and God's getting ready to turn that thing around, and what has been delayed has not been denied, thus saith the Lord. So, so, so here, we have, here we have David, no more power to weep. Can I tell you, every tear you cry in your past isn't lost. So when I don't have Pastor Kelly to water that seed, and I don't have somebody else to water it, I've used my own tears to water it, and Lord, I've gone dry. I don't have another tear. Psalms 56 verse 8 says, you tell us my wonderings. You know my time is what David is saying. You have put my tears in a bottle. Are they not in your book? Tears that I cried 30 years ago. And I've reached places today that I say, God, I don't have another tear. God says, I do. I do. I got the tears that you cried in your midnight hour. I got the tears that you cried over the over the, the, the casket of your loved one. I got tears. God will begin to water your harvest and what he has promised he'll bring to pass. I want us to do something today. Everyone stand to your feet if you will. And I'm going to pray for every person that God is going to allow you to see your time reset let's not waste no more time man it just seemed like yesterday Norman and I pulled into 1302 Ravenview Road to start pastoring seems like yesterday that my old dad and some of you that were here got out in the church parking lot with shovels to break ground on the building on Holcomb Road and here we are in a new day Time didn't stop. Somebody said, Pastor Danny, if you could do, what would you do with your life if you could do differently? Not one thing. I would not change one thing. I would hold to what God has promised me. He has been faithful. Would you put your hand on your heart? We're going to pray. Fathers, we come to you today. I want to thank you today that you have given us the opportunity to reset time. We choose no longer to waste it. We're not going to waste it on people that are not our assignment. We're not going to waste it on the enemy that will cause us to be sluggards and be slack and not fervent. Birth within us at 24, a spirit of fervency and faith. Let us leave this place understanding that you reset, you gave us time and you can reset the time. Everything I will become in, from this day forward with the days I got left will be caused will be because of the way I've invested time in Jesus' name.
Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, polc.cc, to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing. And we want to stay connected to you because we believe God has some great things for you.